Well, I could let the whole song go, all 17 minutes and two seconds of it, but nah. Haven't heard that one in ages. Uh, Good morning and welcome to Plant Doctor Show uh, here at 1410WIZM. And uh, yeah, I was talking about during the weather, uh, we are finally going to get a chance to get outside. It's going to be a little bit chilly, though. And uh, see that green comet that everybody's been talking about. And it is actually visible to the naked eye right now if you know where to look and if you can get away from city lights. Uh, If you look up and you'll see the Big Dipper, uh, if you have a view of the Big Dipper, uh, you should be able to see the comet uh, in the evening. And it will be to the left of the handle of the Big Dipper. And if you follow the stars down the handle and go to the left of uh, the Big Dipper's handle, a little bit closer to the Little Dipper than it will be to the Big Dipper, uh, it should be the comet right there. And uh, like I said, you can see it with the naked eye. It's just going to appear as a green fuzzy dot with the naked eye. But with a uh, pair of binoculars, you should be able to see the uh, comet's tail and everything else too. So something really cool to go out and check out. But make sure you have a decent pair of gloves on because it's going to be chilly out here at nighttime, unfortunately. But, you know, lately I've had a lot of calls from people, and, and not so much calls into the show, but I, with my emails I'm getting besieged with uh, people asking, hey, I've got a black thumb, or, you know, I could kill a silk rose. And uh, what is a plant that I can grow that won't die on me? And first off, if you're going to, I want to say, if you're not going to take care of it, there isn't a plant that you can have that will not die on you. But there are some plants out there that have a lot less care and hassles to worry about and that are very, very easy to uh, grow. And uh, I figure we talk about some of those today. You know, these people, uh, plants for people that could wilt a silk rose. And I uh, figured, you know, we cover that. And I don't believe there's any such, anything as a black thumb. Uh, just thumbs that tend to be a little bit less knowledgeable than others. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. There are some plants out there that are, they're hard to grow. And you've got to constantly work with them and have the right conditions. Otherwise, they won't flourish. Uh, anything in the bonsai category, uh, uh, orchids is another one. Orchids are extremely finicky. Uh, they're very rewarding if you happen to have the right conditions, but you have to have the right conditions for them. Uh, but there's an awful lot of plants out there that can pretty much go anywhere. Well, not anywhere, but they're a lot less finicky. And, you know, they require very little maintenance and upkeep other than watering them every now and then and uh, give them the right light 
and maybe every once in a while, you know, give them a shot of fertilizer. And some of these are pretty easy to uh, even uh, start new ones and uh, propagate uh, plants from, too. So let's start off with one of the easiest. Now, this one here requires having sunlight. And the if you don't have sunlight, you're not going to want to uh, bring a cactus into your house. And everybody's like, cactus? You know, why, why would I want to have a cactus in my house? Oh, we're not talking about the big cigar cactuses, you know, uh, you know, that grow super tall. There's all sorts of different varieties. Some of them only get a couple inches tall. Yeah, most of them have spines. And that's something that we have to be aware of. But it's a fun uh, plant. And one of the best plants, other than the fact that it's full of uh, spines and prickly things, they're a great plant for kids uh, to have because they're made to be abused. I mean, a cactus grows out in the middle of a desert. You don't get much worse conditions than that. So you can forget about watering it. Right, Terry? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can just let them go and, you know, water like once every month or so, you know, when you remember. Uh, <laughs> Terry's over here making comments. Uh and, uh, you know, they will do very, very well. Uh, there is one thing that I do want to make mention of, though, if you do happen to get a cactus. And this actually, I did this with the cigarro cactus, too. And it was really neat. Uh, this was back in New York uh, before I moved out here. And uh, we had, uh, we're doing, you know, these themed parties, uh, the mystery parties that were all the rage back in the 80s, uh, where you invite a bunch of people over and you act out this mystery, kind of like Clue or whatever. And this one here was set in the desert southwest. So since we were doing it, we, you know, set the motif of our place in, as desert. And I went out and bought a couple of cactuses. And they were... Those cigars, and they were about, oh, a foot and a half, two feet tall. Each one had uh, two arms coming out from the uh, side, and we had them off, you know, on the sides of uh, the place, and they looked great. And we picked them up for, you know, just party purposes only. I didn't really care that much to have cactuses, cactus inside the house. Well, uh, after the party was over, and, you know, I put them up by the wood-burning stove, uh, figured cactuses, heat, they'd like that, and they did. And then I got this wild idea. What would happen if you took this plant that grows in an area that's just, you know, a wasteland, no food, sand, very little water, and you started pumping food into it? What would happen? And so I made up a uh, fertilizer. Uh, I mixed together a special fertilizer for it, uh, and it was like the superfood. And I think if you would have uh, looked at, I don't know exactly what it would have been, but it would have been like 80, 60, 80, something along those lines. It was a ton of nitrogen that went into this, and uh, also a lot of potash. And uh, so I mixed this stuff up, and I made it into a water-soluble fertilizer, and I was feeding uh, cactuses this stuff. 
And these plants exploded into life. Uh, what normally takes decades for these things to grow an inch or two out in the desert, I had these things put on over two feet of growth in a month inside my house. And they started growing out all sorts of weird arms and stuff like that, and they became very deformed and almost scary looking. And uh, But it was cool. It was a really neat experiment until one time I was cleaning out my wood-burning stove and the cactus was right behind it. Now, mind you, these things were still in the pots that they came in that when these uh, cactus were about, you know, a foot and a half tall. Now that they're up to about four feet tall and much heavier, they got kind of top-heavy. And I'm down on my hands and knees cleaning out my wood-burning stove and I happened to inadvertently bump into it. And the cactus came down across my back. And it was like somebody throwing a porcupine at me. <laughs> my ex-wife took great joy in pulling those spines out of my back. And I took great joy heaving the cactus off my second story. I opened up the sliding glass doors and heaved it and it remained out there in the snow. And believe it or not, that cactus was still alive come springtime. <laughs> so give, punching it full of food definitely helped uh, its growth. But never feed a cactus because they will do things that you don't expect them to do. And especially if you have little kids. I could not imagine having a cactus uh, around little kids, uh, especially one like that. Now, uh, a close cousin to the cactus that is also very, very easy to grow inside the house, and it does, uh, it requires sunny windows, but some will take a little bit less sun, and that's a family of plants called succulents. And uh, we'll get back to talking about that in a little bit. We're going to have to take a short break here and take care of a little bit of business, but we'll be right back here at 1410 WYZM, The Plant Doctor Show, in just a minute. Give us a call, shoot me a text, or no, don't shoot me a text. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. And we're back, and we have a caller coming in, so we're going to go ahead and jump over to the phone lines. But if you got a question about anything that's green or growing, it does not have to be about the topic of the day, which is easy plants to uh, grow. Uh, plants that even somebody with a what they call a black thumb uh, can uh, have and have flourish inside their homes. But uh, it could be about your lawn, garden, trees, shrubs, houseplants, whatever. Give me a buzz. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. Good morning. You're on the Plain Doctor Show. Who's this? This is Rick. Hey, morning, Rick. Mike. How's it going? It's going fine. Hey, I got a question. Uh, my wife, uh, a couple of years ago, got me a plant called a money tree. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a smaller plant, and it's now kind of found its legs in the, uh, in the <laughs> pot, and it's growing. It's about a foot and a half tall. Okay. Uh, how tall will that? How tall will that plant get? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, about the largest one that I've seen uh, was probably about six, seven feet tall. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. it will grow into a full-size, uh, a small tree. 
usually they're uh, kept at, I'd say, around three feet. And you can uh, go ahead and pinch it. Once it achieves the height that you want, go ahead and start pinching it back. And what it will do is it will fill up and get thicker. And you can actually shape oh. it that way, too. Okay. It's about a foot and a half tall now. How big a pot should I have it in? It's in like a little six-inch pot now. Okay. A uh, foot and a half, six-inch. Uh, you can go ahead and bump it up now if you wish. Uh, I wouldn't. Well, actually, yeah, you can do it this time of year uh, without any, too many hassles. Uh, you can go up to like a uh, 10 or a 12 inch pot and just plan on leaving it in there for quite some time. It'll be happy. Okay, we'll do that. Thanks much. Okay. Have a great day. Good luck with that, Rick. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And yeah, uh, whenever you go up a size, uh, you know, you have to think. What is this plant going to do over the next couple of years? Because you don't want to constantly be repotting plants. It, uh, where in some forms it's good for the plant, but it also does uh, stress them out when you do this. Now, this is the time of the year that most plants are in at least a semi-state of dormancy. And you can go away with uh, transplanting them a without as much shock to the plant. But the kicker is that if you do shock the plant and it shows up, that will stay for a long time until the plant actually comes out of dormancy and, uh, you know, starts uh, producing, uh, you know, more lush growth on it. But uh, you can go ahead and uh, do that right now, and there shouldn't be too many issues whatsoever with it. And all, when you're going up to a larger pot size, unless it's super root bound now, uh, you know, if it's very root bound, you need to cut into the roots uh, to encourage uh, new root growth. But if that's not the case, just uh, pop it into a new pot, make sure it's packed down well so it has plenty of support, and you should be good to go. Okay, let's jump on over to the next caller, but we still have two open lines too at 608 785 7914. Uh, good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Hello? Hello? I can hardly hear you there due to a lot of background noise. Oh, okay. I just want to say thank you for opening up the show with that uh, Indigata de Vida. That brought back <laughs> memories. Big time. Big time memories. And I just, like, you made my day. Okay? All right. I'm glad. I'm glad I could help you out with that. Okay. You take care. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, yeah, that the song brought back a lot of memories for me, too. Uh, memories that I can't really talk about on air right now. and That might get me into trouble. Well, Statue of Limitations has run out on it, so I can get away with that, I guess. But, uh, yeah, today we're talking about plants uh, that just about anybody can grow without too many hassles and uh, doesn't take all that much knowledge, just a little bit of water, maybe some food every now and then, and the proper amount of light, and you could have yourself, you know, some nice uh, plants. And as long as you have a sunny window, you can grow most succulents. And uh, they are succulents, there are a gazillion different types. Uh, they have very shallow root systems. Uh, 
for as a rule and you can use them as a house plant and you don't need very deep planters for them. Uh, we used to have uh, my mom really look cool. Uh, she started what actually what she was starting to do with them is to root them, but we just wound up growing them in vials of water. Uh, she, they weren't vials. Uh, mom collected all these old antique bottles, uh, that we would dig up or I would dig up outside in the yard as a kid. And, uh, you know, there are the, all these old antique medicine bottles that had various shapes and sizes and colors to them. And she thought they were really cool. And I guess they were. But uh, she would uh, put water in them and use them for rooting uh, these uh, succulent plants. And there's one called a burrow's tail that it doesn't really look like a burrow's tail. I don't know why it has that name. But it's a really interesting looking hanging succulent uh, that she was growing. She was rooting them in there and she just decided to leave them. But right across her kitchen window, she had this curtain of burrow's tail draping over from uh, the mid windowsill, and it looked really sharp. And you could do that with an awful lot of these succulents. There's ones that hang. There's ones that will just, you know, uh, grow like uh, little, very, very tightly basket uh, shaped, like a uh, hens and chicks. Uh, if you want to fill a need, you can probably find a succulent to do such, other than uh, growing in deep shade. They do like sunlight, but they all sorts of different colors, textures. Some of them are hairy. Some of them have uh, spikes, uh, like a cactus. Most of them do not. And they're all pretty good for the beginners. Uh, that's why a lot of people like growing the uh, Christmas cactus. Uh, because they are so easy to grow, and they are pretty hardy for taking abuse. Uh, even the Christmas cactus, which is one of the more tender succulents out there, uh, you can still abuse pretty heavily. Uh, you know, forget about watering it for like three weeks, and come, oh, wow, the plant's starting to look kind of wilted. Maybe I better give it some water. And, yeah, you give it some water, and all of a sudden, boom, it pops into full bloom. Wow, I must be taking care of this thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can get away with uh, a lot of abuse with these types of plants. And they keep coming back. Uh, they take a licking and still keep ticking, just like Timex Watch. Uh, some of the upright uh, succulents, uh, since they do have a very shallow root system, and if they start reaching for a light, you might want to uh, stick like a uh, chopstick in there and tie it off to that just to give it a stake, uh, a little bit more support. But that's really the only special care that you'll need. Okay, that's going to take us to, to our break, and we're going to take care of a little bit of news and a little bit of business, but we'll be back here at 1410 WIZM in just a few minutes. Go ahead and give me a call. Number down here at WISM is 608-785-7914 for any plant or gardening questions.
And the sign said, long-haired, freaky people need not apply. So I took my hair up under my hat, and I went in to ask him why. He said, you look like a fine, upstanding young man. I think you do. So I took off my hat, I said, imagine that, <laughs> me working for you. Whoa. And another blast from the past. And, of course, that was five-man electric band and signs. Uh, yeah, Tesla had it out later, and they did an outstanding job doing a cover on that song, but it was originally done by Five Man Electric Band, and I believe it was in 69 that it came out. But uh, another really good, you know, blast from the past. Yeah, I'm in that type of a mood today, playing some oldies here. But, uh, yeah, today, uh, in between phone calls, we are talking about plants that anybody can grow. Even people uh, that have um, self-proclaimed black thumbs, which I don't believe in. Anybody can have a green thumb. And not because all you have to do is stick it in a can of paint. Uh, and, you know, that that's one of the reasons why I use that at the end of the show. Uh, because having a green thumb is, you don't have to have these extra special powers with plants uh, that people think some people have. It's just being aware of what the plant needs and giving it to it when it needs it. A uh, little bit of knowledge goes a long, long ways. And uh, you know, the people that think they have black thumbs, all you have to do is, hey, be aware. Don't forget to water it. That's the number one uh, reason why most people's uh, plants don't die, or wind up dying, rather, is either too much or too little water. Uh and honestly, 90% of the time with, pe- you know, people's questions with me, that's what it turns out to be, uh, or fertilizing it at the wrong time. So, uh, you know, it's not that hard of a thing to do as long as you know the uh, individual plant's needs. And, uh, you know, we were talking about cacti, cacti and uh, other succulents. Most of them enjoy a lot of light, uh, and that's really good if you've got a, you know, a window that's facing uh, south or east. But what if you uh, have a house or apartment that doesn't have a south or an east-facing window, and you've got very, very little light? Are there any plants that are going to be good for you? And there are some. Uh, and if you think about it, You've already you already know what these plants are because you've seen them. Uh, the plants that they have growing in the middle of a, a shopping mall, you know, and their planters they receive very little light. And I know a lot of people. Well, they have grow lights over the top of them. No, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Grow lights have to be within a few inches of the plant to have any effect. So having a grow light that's you know. 10 to 20 feet above the uh, plant itself, <laughs> no, it's going to have no effect on it whatsoever. So uh, a lot of these plants that you see growing in uh, malls are great for house plants. Uh, the spath or the peace lily is uh, one of them. Uh, it's not that hard to take care of this plant, and it's a really cool-looking plant, too. Uh, you can make your house look like a jungle with a few of these things. 
everybody knows what they, they've got the long slender leaves and they've got a lily type of a uh, bloom uh, that comes out. It's a white color and uh, they're very, very easy to grow as long as you remember a few basic rules. As with most uh, tropical plants, these need to be repotted about every two to three years uh, just to uh, refresh in and revitalize their soil. Uh, but a big uh, problem with these that will cause a tip burn on the leaves is by overfeeding them. These plants, even though they're you know tropicals and they're from jungles and uh, such, they don't really require that much food. Uh, just a good, rich potting soil is all you need. And the other thing that will cause uh, the leaves to burn is if you are uh, living in town and you have chemicals in your water. Uh, too much uh, chlorine or fluoride in your water will cause uh, leaf tips to burn out. Now, if that's the case, and this happens with a lot of different types of plants, uh, spider plants, which is another one I want to get into as well, but uh, this happens too quite a bit. If you happen to see the tips burning out on the plants, it's probably because of the chemicals that are in your water. And all you need to do is take that water out, uh, use a one-gallon milk jug, fill it up, and let it sit for 24 hours before you uh, water uh, the plant. And uh, most of those chemicals will evaporate out of the uh, bottle of water or they settle down into the bottom. Uh, once it's sitting, uh, not being constantly stirred up, you're good to go. The other thing is, yes, you can use bottled water. Uh, you know, buy a bottle of water, you know, cheap for a, usually under a dollar. You know, some of the places it's more expensive. It's one of the few things that hasn't jumped up in price yet. But uh, you could use bottled water. But again, it's not uh, required. You can use your tap water. Just allow it to sit open for a while and allow those chemicals to air out of it. Okay, we got another caller, about two open lines at 608-785-7914. Good morning, you're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Hello? Hello, you're on the Plant Doctor Show. Okay. That was cool. Hello, you're on the Plant Doctor Show. Hello? Yes, are you there? Okay, maybe you better try calling in on another line. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? This is Diane. Hi, Diane. How are you? I'm okay. What can I do for you? So, well, I have a violet. I don't know specifically what variety it is, but it was split off of a plant, um, a main plant of my dad's, mm-hmm. and his has been blooming for like a month straight. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mine has not. It's growing. It's continuing to produce new leaves, but I haven't had a bloom in a while. Now, part of it is is that his face is, his is in a south window, and he has his drapes open all day long. Mm-hmm. Mine faces an east window, because I don't have a south window, faces an east window, and unless I open the blinds before I leave the house at 5.30 in the morning, they don't get opened. Um so I am going to move it. The only other choice I have is like a west window, but I can make it kind of diffused. Um, 
Any other suggestions? I read something the other day about how if you have too many leaves, that can cause a problem, like snip off some of the lower leaves. Uh, that I've heard that, too, and I think that's a bunch of baloney. Is your radio on in the background? <laughs> Say it again? Is your radio on in the background? Um, no, but I have you on through speaker. I can flip it. Okay, because I'm getting a bunch of feedback for some reason. Uh, Is that much, better? much, much better. Thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that snipping off the leaves, I mean, granted, uh, African violet leaves, uh, once they start to die out a little bit, you can go ahead and prune off the bottom ones. It's not a big issue, but it's not a must. Okay. Uh, and I do when they start to die yeah. and I do feed it. I do feed it with a violet food like once a month or once every couple of months. Okay. And, uh, yeah, over the winter, you can kick back on uh, feeding it. But, you know, once springtime uh, kicks in, I'd say about once a month is uh, sufficient. Okay. And when you transplant or uh, take off a plant from another one, uh, it's going to have a period where it's not going to push out many blooms at all. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have to mature itself. And uh, once it goes ahead and gets, you know, matured, it will start uh, to produce blooms and should do them right. on a regular well, basis. It's most, it's most definitely mature. I've had it for a couple of years, and oh, okay. it has bloomed in the past. It's just not now. Okay. If that's the case, or then it's, it's probably needing more light, like you're thinking. Okay. And uh, if you can go ahead and open up uh, those blinds so it's getting more light during the day, you don't want an African violet out in super direct bright light, but just a brightly okay. lit area. Uh, okay. It should do fine. Yeah. I have a room where I have the blind half open because I have a calathea in there, which is like the most finicky thing for mm. me ever. That plant is driving me nuts. <laughs> so. <laughs> Try, anyway, uh, mis- I'll put it in there and see if that helps. Have you so. been misting it? Um, I I had been, but then it got moved onto something that was actually wooden, so that was kind of a challenge. I currently have a plastic bulb kind of thing over it. It's actually kind of odd because it's one of those plastic barrels that the giant cheese balls come in. Okay. <laughs> But it fits over the top of it perfectly, so it has its own little humidor ah, there you or whatever go. you want to call it. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, another good way of adding a little bit of moisture to a, a specific area, uh, especially if it's on something wood that you don't want to get ruined by misting, is go ahead and take a, a cookie sheet, one that's about an a inch pebble deep. tray? Yeah, and put some pebbles yeah. in it, add the water to it, and set the pot right over that. And yeah, and I've done that, too. That thing is just so fussy. So. Is it? Okay. All right. I will keep trying. Thank now, you. Now, uh, one thing with the uh, African violet that I do want to uh, mention, uh, yeah. never water it from the top unless you're right. uh, pulling the leaves back and just adding the water directly to the soil because that right. will stop it from flowering as well as ruining yeah. the leaves. Okay. Okie dokie. Thank you. Okay. You have a great day and good luck with that. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. And, yeah, African violets, uh, they don't fit into the super easy plant uh, to grow, but they are very rewarding. And, you know, they do require, they're a little bit more finicky, but they are a very uh, rewarding plant that are, I'd, I'd still put them in the easy category, not just not super easy. 
Uh, not as easy as the spath, though, is, or the peace lily. And uh, going back to that, growing them, uh, all you need is uh, some good soil, really good, uh, you know, compost, uh, well-drained soil. Uh, have a little bit of bark mixed into it and some sand. Well-drained is the uh, key thing. You do not want a spath to sit in uh, water. And you need to allow it to dry slightly between uh, waterings. Uh, they prefer bright filtered light, but they will survive very well in low interior, uh, you know, places of uh, the house. But the one thing about peace lilies is they do tend to like a warmer environment. Uh, and that's why they do so well in malls, because they like to keep people nice and warm in the malls. They usually have the temps around 70 degrees and between 68 and 85 is right where you uh, want those uh, temperatures to be. Okay, we've got one more caller coming in. We're going to jump back to the lines. Uh, good morning, you're in the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? So Dave. Hey, Dave, what can I do for you? Uh, my mom has a hibiscus tree that doesn't look very good right now. Oh, is that good. normal? Uh, they do tend to look uh, ickier during the winter. Now, icky is a very scientific word. <coughs> but uh, they, the leaves thin out quite a bit this time of the year. Uh, they're not growing as quickly. And even though they might still bloom, uh, that blooming usually takes away from the leaves. The energy goes to the uh, flower blooms. Uh, and that's to be totally expected. Uh, coming up in about March, uh, as day starts uh, getting longer, uh, make sure that the plant gets uh, plenty of light. Uh, make sure that it has it's not drying out for a long period of time between waterings. And at that point, you can go ahead and start giving it a little bit of fertilizer. I'd say uh, using a uh, one that you would mix up into the water, then uh, water the plant with it. I would go about half rate in March and uh, bump it up to about, you know, full rate uh, come April or May. But uh, it should bounce right back, no problem at all. Uh, hibiscus do tend to look almost like they're dying come middle of the winter an awful lot of the times. And I imagine that's uh, what your mom's plan is experiencing. Okay? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. You have a good day. And bye bye. And I've actually known people that threw out their hibiscus at a point because they look like crap. And uh, oops, shouldn't have said that on the air. But you know they look that way, and there's no need to. Uh, your mom uh, used to have that hibiscus plant, and she was always so worried about it because it was dropping leaves, but it was blooming like a son of a gun in the middle of the winter. And if that's the case, too, if it's dropping in an ungodly amount of leaves and you do have blooms on it, pick the blooms back. Uh, it's more important for the plant to have leaves than it is to have blooms. And this is not the time of the year that you're worried about or, you know, that you should be concerned about it flowering. Uh, so I'm not saying, you know, you can't have any flowers on it, but if that's the case and it's like dropping a ton of leaves, and it's, you know, going to a blooming phase. Pick some of those uh, flower buds back, and it'll do a lot better. 
Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to take care of some weather. But uh, we'll be back here at 1410 WIZM and the Plant Doctor Show in just a minute. Give me a call. The uh, number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. And we are back. We've got about nine minutes left to the show, eight minutes now. Uh, if you got a question about anything green or growing, give me a call. 608-785-7914 is the number. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Good morning. This is Pat. Hi, Pat. How are you? I, I'm fine. But I was wondering, um, three years ago, December 4th, my daughter-in-law brought me the poinsettia plant that was at the, the funeral parlor when her father um, uh, passed away. Okay. And I put it in, in my uh, bull window in the living room, mm-hmm. and now I have the bow window is just full of red leaves and um and and i was just wondering is that unusual for poinsettias to to last that long no not at all uh really okay my mother had a poinsettia i mean heck that thing lasted for years and years and years oh good uh they (laughs) make wonderful house plants I must be doing something right, and I mm. don't know what. I uh, um, it doesn't seem to be losing any leaves. Um, I I don't know how often should you. Um, I do have some Miracle Grow shake, and you know I don't mm-hmm. know what the um, that I I put on it periodically, but not very often. Okay. And I'm just wondering, um, should I be doing more to keep it going? Well, poinsettias are one of the exceptions to the rule. Uh, uh-huh. Because I usually come out and say, don't fertilize your plants this time of the year. Ah, okay. Poinsettias, not so much. Uh, once they get done with their main bloom, you can go ahead and fertilize them. Hit them up uh-huh. with full-strength fertilizer. Okay. And uh, that will help it push out more green leaves. And uh, it, it will not harm it at all. Uh, poinsettias are one, one of the few plants that you can do that with uh, all this right. time of the year. Uh, allow it to dry slightly between waterings, but do not uh, let it get too dry. Uh, if it gets, uh, if it's, you don't want to have it in a um, a drafty area either. Either a hot or cold draft. Uh, keep it out of drafts, and uh-huh. uh, give it an occasional misting. Uh, it will enjoy oh. some, uh, you know, humidity around the plant. Oh, okay. Okay, but uh-huh. other than that, they're uh, very easy to grow. Uh, one of the uh, one pests that poinsettias uh, do get hit by, and you need uh, actually there's two main ones. One of them is white fly, and the okay. other is mealybugs. Uh, white fly is perfect name for these things. Sometimes you don't even see them on the plant until you bump into the plant and all of a sudden you see all these, you see a gazillion little, little tiny white flies flying around your plant. Huh. Okay. Uh, mealybugs, on the other hand, uh, they will infest the bottom of the leaves and up in uh, the little nooks and crannies where the leaves uh, attach themselves to the branches. Okay. And mm. both can be taken care of by using insecticidal soap. 
And uh, if that happens to be the case, you need to separate the plant from the rest of your plants and uh, give it, get it on a regiment about every uh, four to five days. Soak the entire plant, top and bottom, leaves, stems, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. They're 36 inches tall. <laughs> and you'd be spraying it for a little while. Yeah. And uh, you go ahead and you do that about every four to five days for about a period of about five weeks. Okay. And that will take care of all the different stages, you know, if you happen to have any eggs, the uh, insects that are there, that mm. they'll hatch off and you'll kill them before they be mature. Okay? All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. I definitely will go in and really get close to it and look. Okay. Very good. Uh-huh. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, yeah, those are really about the only pests that poinsettias get that I can think of. Uh, otherwise, they're very easy to grow, uh, you know, uh, houseplant. I don't include it on the super easy list because they are very, very susceptible to drafts, hot or cold. And uh, that could actually wind up doing some serious damage and burning the leaves out. So you need to be careful in uh, that respect. But uh, other than that, they're... They are a simple plant to grow and quite rewarding. And plus, uh, with a little bit of extra care, uh, you can force them to bloom at any time of the year. Uh, but most people choose to have them blooming around Christmas. And that is about eight weeks before Christmas. You take it and you cover it with a cardboard box for about eight to ten hours. And the rest of the time that you take that box off of it, uh, it needs to be in bright light. And you do that, like I said, eight to ten weeks before Christmas, and you'll force it into uh, changing from uh, green leaves to red leaves, and you'll be set with a, a beautiful plant come uh, Christmas time again. And as long as you've got a couple of weeks, uh, well, about a month or so rest period in between blooms, uh, you can go ahead and keep doing that to the plant with uh, no harm at all. Technically, you're changing the color of the leaves in that uh, aspect. You're not making it a flower. The flowers to a point that are, are actually, in effect, tiny, tiny little yellow flowers right in the center of those red leaves. And uh, when you, you, know, you see them, you'll recognize them as the flowers, but the uh, red leaves or the pink or the white uh, or yellowish color uh, that they have, uh, they're... They're not called leaves anymore. They're called brocks, and uh, that's B-R-A-C-T. And uh, that's the technical term for what the leaves turn into when it appears to change into a flower. Okay, that brings us right down to the end of the show. Uh, we can keep talking about this uh, these easy-to-grow plants, though, when we come back for our next show. I will not be here next week. Uh, next week, the plant doctor will be moving from Holman to Onalaska uh, and moving my house, not the radio station. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be moving from Holman to Onalaska, so uh, I won't be down here next Saturday morning. I'll be working hard, unfortunately. Terry's laughing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll be back here the following week with a live show, and still we'll have a best of next week that you can listen to. So uh, until then, remember, anybody can have a green thumb. All you need is a can of paint.